0: Oh, there, welcome to
1: the rewrap for Friday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB this morning. Uh, sports particip- t- 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 participation, participation. Uh, where are we going wrong with this uh, teacher shortage? We've still got a teacher shortage. I feel like we've been talking about this my entire life. Max um, got a, Mike, Mike. I'm really having trouble today. Mike's got a few suggestions about that. I said mark because it's Friday and we marked the week on Friday. i be excited about that. And uh, what problems can an 11-hour meeting solve? Most of them, I would have thought. But anyway, we'll finish up uh, with that. We'll start with the, uh, the, the EU FTA. Mike, not overly impressed.
0: I think what we're finding out about the FTA this morning with the EU and Zespri have come out this morning. They've welcomed it. Um, Damien O'Connor, when he was with us from Brussels before, said Zespri happy and um, they've confirmed that Zespri have welcomed this deal. They paid around $46.5 million in tariffs on a billion dollars worth of sales into the EU last season. Uh, they partner with a number of growers in Italy, France and Greece. They're going to produce the kiwi fruit year round. It's all part of a 12 month strategy. So they're happy. So they'll, they'll gain something out of it. And they're one of the bigger numbers. If you look at the numbers, uh, they get about 37 according. 99.9% of the tariffs Immediately removed when it's signed. So kiwi fruit are one of the early winners, uh, and, and at a reasonable number. Haven't heard from the fisheries people. They they claim, or the government claims, they stand to you know lose 19 million dollars worth, or gain 19 million dollars worth of value. But essentially, what we're seeing here in, in the stuff that Europe doesn't do, they don't really do kiwi fruit. Uh, they clearly don't do onions, and so we win. But the stuff that that, that drives our economy, the engine room of our economy, what we do which is animals in a field and the stuff that comes from it, whether it be wool or meat or milk, uh, we've been stiffed on. And that's, that's a problem for a country where you, where, you're main, where all your eggs are in one basket. If the people you're dealing with don't like the basket and don't want to deal with the basket, you've got problems. What 20 are, 20 20 are the tariffs
1: on the baskets of eggs? I don't know what
0: the tariffs on the baskets are and what sort of baskets they are. I wasn't really asking
1: about the baskets. I was asking about the eggs, but
0: I mean, I was being silly.
1: So forget I said anything. Uh, which is my usual advice, and we'll move on to uh, talking about um, sports participation. Is uh, the ground fees
0: being too expensive? Is that the problem? Probably not. Now, there's a group called Affordable Sport for Greater Wellington. Which proves, apart from anything, there is clearly a group set up for literally everything, and a weird name is no barrier to existence. They have concerns over the council's charging for facilities, and their complaint appears to be the more expensive you make sport, the less sport people will do, which seems to make perfect sense. Well, the deal in Wellington is the council charges 15% of the cost of providing sports fields, the ratepayer picks up the rest, which on the surface seems to me perfectly fair, if not a... Not a little in favour of the sports themselves, not that Affordable Sports for Greater Wellington sees it that way. We also know from Sport New Zealand that weekly sport participation is down 7%, so I suppose if you tie those two things together, you can see the issue. But my suspicion is we're missing a couple of key ingredients here, and in looking to get the council to foot more of the bill and therefore make sport cheaper, we've fallen into that age-old trap of looking for someone else to fix our problem. From my experience, and given I have five kids, believe me, I have a lot of it, Cost isn't necessarily the barrier to organised sport. Life is. When I played soccer as a kid for Rangers in Christchurch or rugby for Shirley or League for Linwood or tennis for Edgeware, I walked. Walk to practice, mainly walk to the games with about half the season for the soccer. Uh, you use a parental car that sort of thing. But they were simpler times. They were times when we lived closer to the things we used. We don't do that anymore, not in the cities anyway. School finished at three, you played a bit of sport, you went home. These days, the kilometres required to participate in sport are inhibitive. The distance to clubs and fields is vast. The pressure from other aspects of our lives, rightly or wrongly, have overtaken us. The ability to move in cities efficiently is gone. We've made the gathering of groups to kick a ball too hard. Hence, we don't bother. I doubt sport per se is down. I mean, just organised sport. Being able to go to the local tennis court or the squash club or the park is still real. But the time and energy for parents and coaches, often the same thing, is a bridge too far. School demands more, especially at the higher NCEA levels. At a certain age, you realise you're not going to the Olympics, so you move on to other things. There's a lot at play here. I've seen it over the past 15 years at our house. Affordable sports for Greater Wellington might just be looking at the wrong person to blame.
1: I just had a thought occur to me just this moment. Is it just because we're just not that into sport? And by that I mean not the participation of it so much, but just into it. Like, I've lamented quite often uh, uh, over the last few years uh, I just don't watch rugby like I used to. Um, don't Certainly don't watch cricket like I used to. Um, and if you're not into it, then you're not going to be likely to play it, are you? Just thinking out loud.
0: Um... Now, somebody needs to think out loud with a few more ideas to get teachers into schools, because we haven't got enough. On the news last night, schools are finding it hard to stay open at the moment because they can't get any teachers. And part of the reason they can't get any teachers, currently there's more than a thousand vacancies. Currently more than a thousand vacancies across the education sector. But you've got to fill out all this weird paperwork to try and get somebody in from overseas. So every single state school who are wanting to hire someone from overseas has to apply to be an accredited employer pay 600 bucks for a job check To make sure it's being offered to Kiwis first And have their potential employee pass a check What a waste of time uh, Michael Wood says there In my view, quote unquote Is no good argument For taking one particular sector And giving it special treatment over other sectors So in other words No good argument to solve the problem easily Why would you want to do that for God's sake?
1: Yeah, I also wonder if like the sports thing um, And I've talked about this quite a bit in the past as well Is how horrible I found school to be and which certainly meant that I was never going to be a teacher. So it's a, it's a chicken and egg and basket. That's a callback situation, isn't it? Um, you know, if you made the school experience better, people would enjoy it and might be more likely to become teachers and end up back there. But um, that'll only work if the experience is better and if there's not enough teachers, then the experience isn't likely to be better.
0: Uh, life's so complicated, isn't it? Just, well, uh, it's Friday, we can mark the week. Time to mark the week. Little piece of news and current events. It's got more fizz than the Tron. Yes, the Tron. Hamilton, seven. The economy outpacing all other economies. We learned this week clearly more to the Tron than a good time on a Friday night on Victoria Street, eh? Air New Zealand, six. Very good week for the National Airline. You've got more routes coming back. You've got more bookings for the holidays. New seats and <gasps> sky nests. Are the dark days of COVID finally behind them? Tourists, Six. <laughs> Very early days, but the Aussies are trickling in. Queenstown looks good, long, may the growth continue. Rocket Lab, 8. Probably didn't get the noise it deserved. Working with NASA, sending stuff into orbit, going to the moon. This is all high tech, big bucks, good vibe stuff, and it's all out of the Mahia Peninsula, eh? Mandate, 6. Odd week. For the border and correction workers, gone. For health workers, they stay. Chris Hipkins, three. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, the old lockdown regret. Oh, well, don't worry, Chris. It's only the biggest city in the engine room of the country, and it's not like you didn't have an earful of angry people telling you you'd cocked up. Speaking of Auckland, 35. <laughs> 35. That's the fall on the livable City Index from one to 35. Question. Is 35 a little bit lofty in all reality still? Uh, The DHB MB Andrew Little Letter 2. I mean, between the lot of them, you wonder how anything gets done at all, and it certainly explains why you can't get into ED or find a nurse. Electoral donations laws. Four. See, more transparent, yes. Favouring the government? Yes. So, what is it? Sensible or political? Let's get Wellington moving. Three. Hello to a new mass rapid transit system. Wake me up when the announcements stop and the digging starts, will you? Question, whose light rail gets finished first? A, Wellington, B, Auckland, or C? We'll never know, because we'll all be dead. The All Blacks 7. Game time. Who doesn't love a home test? The Warriors 6. Say what you want about the results, but having them home and a full house will be quite something. Jeez, if they can sell out when they're this bad, imagine if they were winning, eh? Maybe the year after next year. Ro- Ro, Roe v. Wade, New Zealand Styles 3. What an astonishing overreaction for something that happened elsewhere. Has zero effect on us. Talk about adding two and two and coming up with 2,671. Uh, long Weekend's eight. Question. Did you honestly do anything remotely connected to Matariki, or did you just have a day off? And that's the week. Copies on the website. And good news, uh, the French are fizzing as these will be able to enter the EU tariff free once the FTA is sorted. And as they say in Bordeaux, vive la marking the week. Quite proud of myself there uh, with that marking the week because
1: um, I've got a blocked ear at the moment and I couldn't really hear. And that makes marking the week, playing the noises at the right time, challenging. Um, Maybe I didn't do a good job. I just think that I did a good job because I... Actually, hear it. We're we going to finish up here uh, and finding
0: ourselves in, in an 11-hour-long meeting. How could that possibly happen? Strange business. I think it was this time yesterday. Auckland Council were going to vote on this um, this this heritage thing, and this is the whole NIMBY thing I told you about Rotorua and their reserves yesterday. Auckland and their heritage. They went sort of halfway. 11-hour meeting. I mean, for God's sake, an 11-hour meeting. Now, what no one's picked up is that this is not the final bit. The government told them to do this under the unitary plan, so they're just going back and going. Here's what we've decided. It's entirely possible the government's going to go not good enough, have another eleven-hour meeting, and come up with something different. So it'll be um, it'll be interesting to follow that one. So I think that's quite good. I think is that not like the definitive
1: meeting experiment at that point? If it goes for eleven hours and still doesn't actually nothing actually happens at the end of it, does that not once and for all? Finally and ultimately, prove that meetings are a complete waste of time and uh, we should never ever have them ever again. That's what I took out of that, anyway. I can't even remember what they were meeting about. I'm Glen ZB. It's not important, nothing happened. I'm Glen ZB. Uh, that was uh, the rewrap. Let's meet again on Monday. See you then.